Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we're going to talk about a priest of crap, and it's a movie called Priest. It's <laughs> by Scott from 2011. Scott, you've been threatening this movie on us for almost no, a year. Promising. Promise. Promising. No promising. Threatening. Ba- basically the same thing. You just followed through with the threat. So, <laughs> so you were like, hey, I'm pretty sure the movie's on Tubi. And at one point it was. it was, it was. But when I laid down to watch on Tubi, it wasn't anymore, which was also shocking news to find out that Tubi even doesn't want this movie anymore. <laughs> Big time. So I'm in this panic of oh, shit. I've got 24 hours to watch Priest. So my plan was that I was going to watch the 10 movie clips that were available <laughs> on YouTube and try to piece it together. And then Scott sent me the movie. And I think I would have understood it just as much if I had watched the 10 movie clips on YouTube and just tried to piece it together. This movie's a mess, but man, is it fun. Dude. Is it, it is fun? so fun. Is it? <laughs> I had a blast. I picked it, and I, I don't even know if I had fun watching it twice. I had about two bags of Doritos sitting oh, on either side of me. Doritos, yeah. <laughs> I was loving it. I was loving every second of it, but I could not recount to you much of it. So I hope that you guys remember. <laughs> well, I I had the same problem, Matt, because I and I should have I should have turned you like turned you guys on to it, not being on Tubi anymore. But I was like, they have more act. They like they got it. I was like, Matt has it on DVD. Scott already figured it out. Like I'm the one who has to go figure. So there's a there's an antique store down the down the street from me that has uh, about like a dollar room. And and I was like, I'm just gonna. And I didn't have the kid, so I was just like, I'm gonna go see if it's there. If it's not there, I'll hit up the boys and see what we can do about it. But they had it right there. It was perfect. I was concerned that you just already had it on your <laughs> no, shelf. No, 
love when you sent no. us the picture of you with Hunter. I was like, no. oh, Kyle. No, that's a that's a fresh that's a fresh acquisition here in the, in the, in the Kyle household. You're new to this show. We'll let you know. Those are called convention sellers. Uh, yeah. which is the movie that you buy for like a buck somewhere yeah. to watch for the podcast with the full mm-hmm. intention of, oh, we're going to Mania soon. Yeah, I'll I'll bust that DVD out yeah. and put it on the table. I got this. I had I saw this floating around online that people like they have little free libraries and then that but they've done a free blockbuster actually i think it started in your i think it started in your area Ooh! at the time they weren't selling like it looks like it's like a little free library but it looks more like a newspaper like a plastic newspaper bin like on the sidewalk that you would open up but it was homemade and so for years i've been like i want to do that i have to find one of those they're not like easy to find like out in the trash or antique stores right that's not it's they're kind of like taken off the streets and put in a different area of the world but there was a closed down <laughs> gas station across like down the road my dad who had this seed planted in his head because i told him about it went into that abandoned gas station grabbed like a rugged ass like newspaper thing and now we're gonna make our own free blockbuster here in front of our house as a little free library so all that to say priest is immediately going in there. oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh it needs to be but we had fun it was a black i thought it was very fun to watch <laughs> so i texted you guys about this but uh we're appropriately enough we're recording this episode on uh the week of easter uh, <laughs> seems just appropriate and because of the fact that i work at a church i'm like needed at the church a lot this week there's like four different services so i had to do this afternoon good friday thing and i was like i don't know i knew i had stuff friday night i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna fit in two movies today so the only solution i had was to sit in the back of the church during the Good Friday service watching priests on my laptop. And I can categorically tell you in the first minute of this movie, headphones is the worst decision to have because it goes from quiet to loud so immediately when the vampires first show up and just having that isolated audio in my head, I was like, oh my God, that's too much. And like I turned the volume down greatly from that point. Um, Dude. It's a strange ass opening. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but like, there's this whole thing where if you're making a horror movie, there's always this note that you have to have a scare in the beginning to like hook them in. Otherwise, like, you can't, God forbid, you like slow pace it and like (laughs) it takes like 40 minutes until like the first scare happens. You have to get it in the middle or people are just going to pack up and leave, I guess. Especially 2011. Right up front, oh, yeah. man. Right and in that's there. like this scene. I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? Because it's so Demon short. Wind. Yeah, it is Demon Wind. It gives you the first absolutely nothing. Wind. Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that this movie has that Demon Wind lacks, Kyle, is a pretty sweet a animated budget? segment <laughs> <laughs> explaining. No, no, no. The lack of budget is the benefit oh, dude, of Demon the anima- Wind. The, anima- the animation works for me, dude. Such a weird <laughs> choice. Like, that stylistic choice will never make sense to me. Well, I mean, there are so they many had $60 million dollars and they ran out real fast. <laughs> like, who knows Flash around here? So, Scott, tell us why you decided to pick Priest. Revenge? Revenge. What do we... For my picks? No, it's not really revenge. It was because I had been like, since Matt won't let me do themes, I'm just going to create themes by picking stuff that's categorically similar to the stuff that the other guys pick. And so I think that I went with this because Kyle picked Stigmata. I think that that was my thought process. Uh, or maybe, maybe. I mean, it was it was pretty high up on my list. And I was like, 
it works really well that we end up on Easter weekend. Uh, that wasn't Bruce, intentional, uh, though. That Definitely was, was that's beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Well, uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> it says this does feel like Catholic guilt. The movie at some point, like right <laughs> up, like right up front. Well, another another theme that fit with last week's dead silence and uh, will also continue into next week's movie is uh, a real lack of color gels. A real, oh, yeah. a real lean on <laughs> that blue, blue black palette. <laughs> yeah, like, dude so blue i feel like that is the thing in 2022 where i'm like man how have i never noticed how many movies we watch did not have a color gel budget to do more than just one color because that it wasn't a budget thing it was literally a stylistic decision they were like this is gonna look cool this is gonna look like a music video this whole fucking movie is just a music video <laughs> big old like, music video for sure well what it is is it's Red Dead Redemption, but with with like better graphics. It's a really dumb, dumb movie. The concept is stupid as hell. I don't know how they got Carl Urban, Paul Bettany, Maggie Q. I mean, and I guess Lily Christopher Collins. Plummer. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, like they got <laughs> like a lot of people in this movie to do a lot of really stupid stuff. Stupid shit. Like this movie is really dumb. I, I cannot overstate how fucking dumb this movie is from start Whoa. to finish. Every choice is the wrong choice. That's why I picked it because it's literally a train wreck. Like metaphorically, okay, metaphorically and literally. Like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's one of those movies that I was maybe five to ten minutes into this movie and I said, "This has got to be based on a comic book." <laughs> and it then feels I was like it wasn't. And it is. Okay, it is. It's based on a Korean comic book, but I was just like. Yeah, like everything about this. No one this movie is so dumb and so complicated that it had to have had some type of pre-existing yeah, thing for material. anybody yeah. to to go like okay this. Cuz it is like like Kyle said like it's like Catholic guilt the movie. Like I genuinely am so confused at a movie where the heroes are priests and all of the dialogue is like you must do this. You're a goddamn priest. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like this. That's also it's volume so, level. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's just so like I'm like, are we supposed to be like, fuck yeah, I want to be a priest? Like, is that what our takeaway is supposed yeah, to be well, from this the, movie? Like, you get a sweet face tat. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's taking up it and it's brown, it's like shit. So it just looks like a shit cross <laughs> on your forehead. It's terrible. It's Did a they weird Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ass Wednesday is what they call. But I, I, the weird thing for me was that, like, I understand that people do not like religion. Like, I, we all, we've talked many a time about our qualms with religion on this show. No, but we've talked about my this... qualms with religion, not your qualms. With religion. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I was trying to be um, uh, <laughs> diplomatic. But to make a movie like this, where it's 1984 meets a vampire wasteland. Yeah based like man like just have a podcast about horror movies and talk about it <laughs> yeah. on it don't or, you know well, like the, just find a different outlet you don't need to spend 60 million dollars uh, on this dude it's really crazy and i wrote feels... i wrote the same thing i was like the source material has to be fucked yeah well <laughs> this has to be like this movie to a certain extent feels like a big budget version of like some of the crap that you would get at your church library. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think I would like this movie more 
if it was like from a sincere source material. Like if you're like, oh, the guy who wrote the Left Behind series wrote this movie <laughs> about how like priests are the ultimate good in the world and like the world has shunned them and yeah. like now they're the only ones that can save vampires, then it's like an even better misfire, right? Like yeah. you're just like, oh my God, like they are so off the mark. But the fact that this, I don't even know if this is satire. I don't know what the fuck what this is. is. It completely lives outside the realm of like literary decisions. So it's not satire. But it's also yeah. not <laughs> believing anything that it, it, it stands for nothing. It is no, so it, weird. It's it is. There are a few movies that I have been like this confused by. And I paid attention. <laughs> like, right. This wasn't even had where to. it was. Yeah. Like I was like my one note, though. I mean, I think the designs of the vampires are pretty cool. <laughs> like those little like demon face creatures. Like I'm like, all right. These don't look bad. Like it's interesting because there's elements that don't look awful, and then there are segments that are just like, "What the shit is this?" Like we have to talk about the ending with that train. When <laughs> when we have they this thought this person was be a come... franchise, by the way, <laughs> like oh, obviously they, it oozes that they thought this was going to be a franchise. This she is a comes... prequel. This is like if yeah. they would have tr- changed this hour and a half movie into the first thirty minutes of an actual movie, it would have made a whole lot more sense. You know? 100%. Yeah, we got this girl Agreed. riding on her motorcycle straight into a train, blowing it up as our half-priest, half-vampire character gets thrown into the air and don't think I didn't miss the subtlety movie that he throws his hands out <laughs> almost exactly like Jesus on the cross before getting caught on fire. <laughs> wow, I totally didn't notice that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm just like, what is this fucking but movie? Like, this, I'm like, what are they even trying to laptop? say? Like, that's <laughs> what are they trying no... to say? What's the fucking point? I have What's no clue. <laughs> I agree, Scott. I don't understand any of it. Like, I'm super it's... critical of religion, obviously. It's... And even I can't be like, yeah, that's sticking it to the man. You know, like, <laughs> so in Hellraiser Hellworld, Pinhead is like, he does that. That makes sense. Yeah, right. That's, right, that's what right. I mean. Like, if this had come from like a religious church film company, I'd be like, all right, at least I get what the movie's trying to say and yeah, failing. Right. I don't even know what it's trying to say. Is is this basically Old Testament, Old West, Old Te- I got it, guys. It's the Old West <laughs> Testament, the Old Westament, yes. and demons, vampires are demons, and the church is the old church, and then Carl Urban is Jesus. He's the one who's going to take away the sins of the church, uh, of the old church, and then they kill him. Yes. Because Nailed it. <laughs> Paul Bettany is Judas Iscariot. That makes total sense. Yeah. That's... And the, wo- the woman prophetic. on the motorcycle is Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Mary Magdalene. We'll figure <laughs> yeah, it all out. Because, In 16 well, that, minutes, we've put more thought quite, into this movie than the entire I think Lily Collins would be Mary Magdalene, because there's a weird, like, sexual Tension. thing. Yeah. I, I don't love that. This movie is very not sexy, speaking of. We were talking about vampires being sexy a couple weeks ago. Well, like, hey, and perfect, like exactly. These are, this totally flies in the face of that. These vampires are, like, <laughs> this is the most unsexy vampire thing which i don't think it's meant to be but it just totally flies in the face of us being like vampires are you know the sex uh, I, they still hold true we just don't count priest vampires in, in <laughs> well our and listing. Even, yeah like the, these these vampires 
it's a fun idea. Um, yeah. But they're not really vampires. They're more no. like they're more demons. Demons, or yeah. they're they're a creature. They're they're like a. I don't know. When people call vampire movies creature features, I really have to kind of scrunch my yeah. nose at it because it doesn't. They're not because like no. I feel like creatures don't speak. Right. I hopped on the wiki page for the priest comic book just to try to get some type of understanding of any of this. Apparently, it's been 16 volume collection of these comics. It spawned into uh, an MMO game uh, at one point. Dream Theater wrote an album based around the comic book series, which is what unbelievable. Uh, it said specifically their song "In the Presence of Enemies" uh, features direct quotes from the comic in the lyrics. <laughs> like the character of the priest appeared in various video games, but then I have a quote about the film adaptation, <laughs> and it said that they attempted to make a prequel comic. That would try to connect, try to bridge the massive gap between the comic book's themes and the movie's themes, but they never completed the project because it seemed too difficult. Uh, but the creator, you think the creator did support the film, praising the visuals, but did say, "I mean, they did completely miss the comics, us uh, philosophical aspects, but it's okay." <laughs> Which is like, I got it's paid. okay. It's like. <laughs> So it's like, all right, may, I mean, I'm never going to read this comic, but at least it sounds like the comic had some thought put behind it versus the movie exec that was like, oh, about a priest killing some vampires, I'll green light that. And they're like, well, here's the source material. And he goes, fuck that shit. <laughs> Truly. You know, he, he he had a committee write it based on the covers alone. <laughs> they were like, yeah. they oh, just well, looked yeah, up sure. the covers sure. on the internet. They didn't actually read the comic books. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. I'm going to interject real quick because I'm not because we're recording this in the morning. I'm not going to have a beer, but I pre-purchased <laughs> okay. a beer before watching the movie because I was like, okay, priest, I'll try to find something that's like I didn't I lucked out okay with stigmata, but I want to do something different. I only found one called Cross Reference. And there was no no cross reference no cross references. In the movie that I remember, so this doesn't. But even there was in. one that you missed that we discussed. So yes, yes. yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> he had his cross reference at That's the end. That's the only one. The cross, yeah, I totally missed that too. Yeah, but see, I like that parallel thinking. That's really that's that's some good stuff. That's all I, I had. like it. That's it's, all I it's, but yeah, one of the... it's it's a nine thirty a.m. and it's a kettle sour. So I'm gonna pass on that for my yeah, stu- for my that's stomach. Not a breakfast. No, it's not a breakfast beer. Yes, someone doing the Jesus pose. It's one of the many things this movie has in common with uh, Hellraiser Three, Jesus. Hell on Earth. Should have blasted Jesus Christ pose on the credit sequence, <laughs> just or even your own personal Jesus. Any of them? I'm, oh, any of them? Yeah. You got options, guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hi, friends. The world got you down. 
Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Scott, this was your pick. Let's talk double features real quick. What are you double featuring this movie with? All right. So um, this is kind of a deep cut. And I don't think that I've ever mentioned it on the show. Have you guys ever heard of the movie Perfect Creature? No. It is a kind of like a sci-fi horror movie. It's kind of got a bit of the underworld vibe where it's, you know, like they're all wearing leather, you know, but it's, it's, I think that it actually follows very similarly because where there's priests or like the, vampires and religion and it's been a long time since i watched it but i remember enjoying it and but it's like yeah yeah i I, if i remember correctly the vampires are the religion and they get fed by people like people will give the it's like blood donorship to keep them from having to eat people or something but then there's like some sort of hybrid vampire and it's going around making a different kind of vampire. It's kind of got a little Blade 2 thing going on, and I think, I don't know. Wow, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. But then I completely biffed on remembering what the fucking movie's about. I remember this cover. It's not a bad movie. It's yeah. it's pretty entertaining. I think I had it on DVD at one time and never watched the copy that I had. I think I rented it or saw it on Netflix or something long, long time ago. Never watched the DVD copy, and I think I probably, I, I think I sold it at Mania or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah, that's why I know that cover then, because I'm like, I know that like red cover with the mouth on it, with and the, the mouth, words, yeah. perfect creature across the top. Kyle, you want to go next on your double feature? Thing? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm also going to share Carly's. Her double feature is Sound of Music, okay. um, just because of Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> mine is mine is Wild Wild West. Um, I was going to. <laughs> yeah, Wiki Wild Wild West. Uh, yep, I, I just, they're very, very thematically similar. Just so similar. This weird steampunk, futuristic, but not what this list one. Wild Wild West obviously leans more west for many reasons. <laughs> J- Jim but West, I just, Desperado. Jim West, Desperado. <laughs> 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 you don't want nada. <laughs> we could do this for a long time. Uh, let's not. Um, Wild Wild West is my <laughs> double feature. All right. Mayan's going to sound a little insane, and I think it only makes sense if it's the A picture, because 
the the visuals match more of the first half of this movie than the second half of this movie. But I'm also going to talk about a CGI fest that was based on a comic book, 1998's Spawn. There's something about it that just makes sense. All right, Scott, what have you been watching this week that you want to talk about? So have you guys heard of the movie Dave Made a Maze? No. Yes. Have you watched it? No. It has been on my shutter list, my to, to watch list for months. And I just wasn't in the mood because I knew that it was going to be a really different experience. And I finally had some time alone and I was like, I don't feel like doing anything important this evening. So I just laid on the couch and I watched Dave Made a Maze. And it is such a charming, weird movie. The concept is this guy who's kind of a, I don't know, like a lazy bones, like he just never follows through with anything. He makes a maze that is much bigger on the inside. He makes a maze in his his and his girlfriend's apartment. um, And the maze is much larger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's made out of cardboard. And then there are booby traps and there's a minotaur. And when people die in the maze, it's like confetti instead of blood and stuff like that. So it's like a completely bloodless movie, but people get killed. And at one point they get turned into little like paper bag characters. You know, when you're in elementary school and you'd make like a paper bag, like a brown paper bag character that goes like its mouth moves. They get turned into those in one room. It is just so charming. It is a really fun movie. I loved (laughs) it. I'm like so interested in actually watching this movie right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it gets gets a, a high, high recommendation from me um you have to be in the mood for something unpredictable though because it's not really a comedy but it's also not a horror it doesn't really have horror beats it doesn't really have comedy beats it's really quirky it's just like really Mm -hmm. quirky beats if that makes sense all right um i'm gonna bounce off that with something else kind of fantasy scream factory sent me uh, a review copy of a film that I had never seen before, The Sword and the Sorcerer. <laughs> oh, man. That shit slaps. That movie is amazing. <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say because I don't know. If we're going to start getting into sword and sandal movies on horror movie night in the coming year, like that's a, that's a pretty high that's up, up contender, man. Yeah. That movie's got some monsters and some goop. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. I know they put out a fork. They put out the 4K, right? Yep. Of it and yeah. It, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All right, Kyle. I also got a movie in the mail recently. It was a double feature that actually Scream Factory originally put out. Uh, it was Schizoid and X-Ray, um, but Vinegar Syndrome re-released it. Uh, X-Ray like Hospital Massacre? Yeah, Hospital that's Massacre, the one. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I fucking love Hospital Massacre. And not love. Okay, <laughs> let me slow. <laughs> let me cool my fucking pies for a second. Uh, I, Hospital Massacre is very fun. It's entertaining, but it's dumb it's, as hell. It's really dumb. And I was like, okay, it's on this double feature, and I've seen it. And but I was like, you know, Carly and I were like, well, let's watch something sort of just like whatever. And I was like, well, I got Schizoid, which is the the double of that. And we both we watched Hospital Massacre together. So I was like, well, let's watch this. It might be like similar in tone or whatever. And it's about a psychiatrist. And an advice columnist who are both sort of on the trail of a murderer who keeps killing off the group members of this group of this therapy group that they're both part of. And it's Klaus Kinski's in it. 
He's fucking so wild. Koskinski's so, wild in everything, dude. And yeah. everything. And he's just so... He's actually probably a little tame in here and has like one or two crazy scenes, but for the most part, he's pretty tame. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's a good... It's it's And it's not even necessarily that fun, but I did... Carly and I did keep looking at each other. It's a whodunit. It's like a Giallo-esque whodunit. <laughs> Both her and I looked at each other like, we really don't know who did it like some of these times you're like oh this person did it i'm following i'm tracking with them the whole movie and like just waiting for the reveal that it's them and i was like i even though i called it first thing it did have me questioning each time who it actually was it got me schizoid got me (laughs) (laughs) that's one that people have suggested for listener submit it month a couple times actually i know that that's been on our list once or twice it would be it it would be a good movie for this show but uh, yeah, we'll let <laughs> the right. listeners decide that one, I guess. All right. Sounds good. All right. As promised, we're going to do an email. I pulled another one from the email yes. archives dating all the way back to July 12th, 2020. Uh, and the title of this email <laughs> is Jaws 3D Memories uh, and it says, hey, guys, my name is Kate and I just discovered your podcast on Spotify and I've been listening nonstop. As someone who loves bad horror movies, I'm thoroughly entertained every week. I'm only on episode 50 right now, but I saw on your Instagram that you covered Jaws 3D, which I have a connection to. My dad is a film and television editor out in L.A., and Jaws 3D was one of his first gigs. He was the assistant editor on the movie, and I told him that you guys reviewed it on the podcast, and he had a good laugh. He agrees. It's a horrible movie. But at the time, (laughs) he thought it was the best thing ever much of which he contributes to being young and inexperienced. Although he said there's a good amount of things he can't share, it would be too embarrassing for the other people, but he did say it was a very rowdy set, which involved a lot of things happening with the water ski girls. He did share some fun antidotes. They built a huge tank for filming underwater scenes in Florida, mostly the scuba diving scenes. After production broke for Thanksgiving holiday, someone was appointed to be in charge of filtration. Well, I guess they never did it. And once production resumed, the tank not only started to leak, but the water was too murky and too cloudy. This put them behind schedule with a lot of firings on top of it. They had a preview for the movie at the Directors Guild here in L.A., and it was not received very well. (laughs) My dad was up in the booth where the film was being projected and saw the audience screaming and waving their hands down below. He thought something was wrong with the picture, but when he ran down, he saw that everyone was just laughing and booing at the picture. (laughs) Universal decided not to release any previews for the movie because they realized how bad it was, but they did make a decent amount of money despite the horrible reviews. He's definitely moved on to more sustainable projects since then, but he has a great sense of humor and fondness for Jaws 3D. He works a lot with David Lynch, so if you guys ever review Blue Velvet, I'm sure that there's plenty of good stuff that he can share about that. Also, if you guys ever happen to be out in L.A. around October, I can connect you with some Hollywood Horror Nights VP, uh, VIP passes. I work with the Universal Events team, and it's not... And it's a must-do at least once in your life. Take care and look forward to continuing the podcast. Love, Kate. Ah, oh, Kate, if you're still listening, Blue Velvet's my favorite movie, and I would love to hear more. <laughs> Are you? Uh, I can categorically tell so you, Kate still listens you, because her and I uh, actually became really good friends talking about Jaws 3D. Oh, good. So we text uh, from time. She might actually come in. She was thinking about coming and visiting sometime in June. Maybe I'll be like, come out June 4th and join us for the uh, the live stream event for the week. That'd be fantastic. Very we could cool. watch Blue Velvet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that's how pleaser that Blue Velvet is. <laughs> do you guys just want to change it to a David Lynch fest and just do Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, and Inland Empire? I think that'll fill the whole 12 hours. Man. That's <laughs> And can you imagine how much Doritos, how much, how mu- many bags of Doritos we would need for that? We'd be drowning. Like, I don't even love Doritos. I don't even want to partake in Doritos, but I would need to to survive. I'll just get you. A, you just need the right flavor. That's all. <laughs> I still love that there is people who don't subscribe to our Patreon who have no clue what this Doritos. I'm pretty joke sure that they is. know they, what Doritos I are. I have figured it out by now. But another good reason to join the Patreon is. This is the newest movie we've discussed on the show in a while. So I took the liberty. We have a we have an unspoken rule that 10 years before we can talk about a movie, unless it's an In Theaters Now episode. So I pulled up a list of all of the films that came out in 2012 that were horror films. And I'm going to read them to Kyle and Scott on the Patreon page. And we're going to decide, hey... Do we think we should do an episode on that or not? I'm uh, so excited. So <laughs> jump over to Patreon for that. And don't forget to send us emails so that, you know, eventually I'm going to get caught up to 2022 on these email readings. <laughs> so send those to hmnpodcast at gmail.com. You know what? If a brand new email comes out, I might give that priority over some of the archived ones. But I hope no one gets mad. Still, hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Can't Everybody wait to hear from mad. you. Patreon.com backslash hmnpodcast. And we'll be back next week with even more horror movie night. listening to the Geekscape Network. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. Um... And also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.